Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, my friends. How are you? Hope you had a good week. Uh, If not, I hope you're feeling fresh about the weekend or a new week ahead and you're doing okay. I had another very busy week. Um, We had a gorgeous family wedding over the weekend. It was absolutely beautiful. Such a lovely, lovely time. Lovely people, lovely pals, lovely family. Just, you know, when a, a good wedding is just like... I don't know. There's nothing like it, I don't think. And it was just really beautiful to celebrate my brother-in-law, Colm, and his new wife, Sinead's wedding. And they're so loved. And um, it was a gorgeous time. But the truth is, it has been a very hectic mm, life. <laughs> it has been a very hectic life. It has been a very hectic kind of um, few months for me. And so for the first time, Ever. I am going to take a break from the podcast next week um, and I hope you will forgive me. I went into my therapist this week and she said, Louise, you need to take a week off. And I said, I know. So I'm doing it. And um, the good news is there will still be an episode It just won't be the usual episode. I recorded the live shows last week that I did in the Sugar Club and I'm going to be releasing next Friday instead of a regular episode the chat that I had with uh, Holly Cairns who of course is the leader of the Social Democrats. Uh, She's a TD from Cork and um, the chat we had was so good. It wasn't like a policy chat although we did touch on some areas of policy. It was mostly about how we can kind of galvanize more people to get into politics the kind of people that we need in politics and also kind of simplifying and explaining how things work you know how she went literally from being someone who wasn't involved in politics at all prior to the referenda you know some time ago to now being the leader of the social democrats it's really um inspiring and i think very useful even if you don't plan on ever getting involved in politics just to know kind of how it all works um and i really think you'll enjoy it so i hope you'll you'll um support me I suppose in giving myself a bit of headspace for a few days I really just need to um I don't know not check my email and like turn my brain off a little bit for even for a few hours a day I'll still be mothering obviously um we don't get we don't get proper breaks but um it'll it'll do me a world of good I think there will also be a patreon episode next week so there'll be lots of content for you it just won't be the usual style just for one week which I'm panicking about but I know you'll be like it's grand um so 
if you want to join the Patreon, the details are in the show notes, but it's just patreon.com forward slash catch up with Louise McSharry. There's loads of episodes there already. And um, as I said, there'll be a new one next week. Now, though, let's get on with the episode. Um, we have got a great one coming up this week. There was loads to talk about in every section. And um, the interview this week is with Sam McKnight, who is a hairdresser who has worked with, I mean, hairdresser feels like an understatement. He has worked with everyone. You'll hear all about it later on, but he's been in the game for decades and he is so smart and so fun. And I had such a fun chat with him and I think you'll really enjoy it. But first, let's get into the news. Even more, it is great to be chatting to you once again today via the medium of technology. We're such busy business bitches that uh, we just I couldn't in, physically I'm be in together. The heart, the heart of the Irish government and all Aaron. I'm happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got a lot to talk about and actually this morning someone even messaged me and said please can you talk about this so uh, it's what we're starting with today and it is the review of Ireland's abortion law yeah so for most people um, who don't know or who aren't dorks like me um, whenever new legislation is brought in um, that legislation is then often reviewed after three years just to ensure that it's working the way it's supposed to work so the state's review of the abortion law um, is set to go to cabinet. Um, the report, which was carried out by a barrister called Marie O'Shea, uh, looked into the effectiveness of Ireland's abortion regime since, um, obviously, the repeal of the Eighth Amendment. So there's 10 legislative changes and up to 60 operational recommendations in this report that was leaked to all the media. So the biggest the bone of contention is what's known as the three-day wait. So at the minute, when a, a person is accessing an abortion, they have to wait three days um, before they're given access to abortion medication. There is no medical or health or scientific reason for this. It was just put in um, at the time when we um, brought in the legislation that would be a three-day wait to send people away to have a think about whether they really wanted abortion or not. Um so I'll come back to that in a minute, but the rest of the recommendations are things like um, there's existing criminalization measure, measures against doctors. She thinks we should get rid of that. Um, so a doctor could go to prison hypothetically for 14 years mm -hmm. if they provide abortions outside of the circumstances that we allow for in law. And then she also recommended that for people who need to access an abortion beyond the 12 weeks in cases of fatal fetal abnormality, so I actually know someone who found out that they had a fatal fe fetal abnormality at 15 weeks and had to travel to London mm. to get an abortion. Like it should be free, safe, legal and it should be, you know, as this is, you know, at the very basis healthcare. Yeah. So um, it's good to cabinet. There hasn't been any decisions made. Um, Leo Varagher, um said that he made a bit of a hoo-ha this week because he said that it would make him he would be what was the right words uncomfortable uncomfortable, mm. uncomfortable with removing um the three-day wait now this has obviously sparked a lot of backlash because it shouldn't really matter if the teacher is uncomfortable or not what we're going off is a review of legislation done by an independent mediator who has said that um we should get rid of it. So we've had the likes of Holly Cairns and Ivana Bacic, basically like most of the opposition, apart from A2, who actually wanted extended to five days rather than getting rid of the three days. Mm. Um, but they, the, no decision has been made, but Leo Varagher already said that it would make him uncomfortable. Stephen Donnelly, the health minister, came out and said, well, this is what people voted for at the time. However, we also voted for uh, review 
mm. of the legislation and with most reviews the recommendations are taken um in train so we now will wait to see what happens but um i think this is going to rattle on for a long time and also what came out in the report is like the services are not universally accessible mm. Border border counties was that it's very hard to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's called for, you know, better training, more access to facilities, all that sort of stuff. But the biggest thing I think that people are talking about is the three day wait. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there are uh, still people having to travel substantial distances to access abortion. Oh, hugely because yeah yeah because in some areas there's no GP who's willing to assist them exactly. with it, and there are hospitals that still aren't doing it. Like it's wild. Mm-hmm. And the thing about this is like, you know, Marie O'Shea, the barrister who has to do this report, like she didn't just like, you know, read a few things and then form this opinion. <laughs> like, no. you know, this is something that was worked on extensively based on extensive mm-hmm. research and speaking to experts. And like, you know, she hasn't just pulled these recommendations out of her arse, basically. Sorry, Marie yeah. O'Shea, to be talking about your arse. But like, you know, so for for me, it's really galling for, you know, Leo Varagar to turn around and say he'd be uncomfortable and for Stephen Donnelly to be like well this is what we voted for and it's like that doesn't mean we can't be better and if the experts are telling us we can be better at providing the service that we agreed to then let's Mm -hmm. fucking do it it's just as well that there is absolutely no um, medical basis for a three day wait it no, it's, it's it's patronizing. It's you more, don't know what yeah, you more want. Complicated. You don't know what you yeah. want. So we'll just give you a few days to think about it and then you can come back to us. Yeah. No, sorry. So like the, the Citizens Assembly in 2016, which led the way for the Eighth Amendment, nor the Oireachtas Committee on the amendment ever mentioned a mandatory three-day wait. Yeah. Um, or any waiting period whatsoever. So the the Marie O'Shea said that it should be advisory, but at mm. the moment it's compulsory. Mm. And she said that we should get rid of it. Right. Okay, so advisory so, as in if you are someone who feels like the person in front of you isn't sure, maybe yeah. maybe suggest a few days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, I suppose That's I can it. get on board with that. Okay. But at the moment it's compulsory, so you have to wait three yeah. days. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you have to travel, the, so if you're traveling from Donegal, the... Double and go to the GP to get a GP that'll mm. treat you, and then you're sent away for three days, and you have to come back to the Dublin because that's an actual thing that's happening. People are traveling long distances, and God um, knows there's no train. So no train did on a go, yeah. as I famously keep telling people. Okay, um, all right, let's move on to Niall Collins. I don't know if I'd ever heard Niall Collins' name before this week, really, or over the last couple of weeks. Maybe I had. You'll have to remind me. Um. But he's in a bit of a kerfluffle and it's led to some interesting discussions. Explain to the people this what's is, going on. This is happening as we speak. Like I'm sitting on the doll and he's in the next room making his speech to the doll. But Niall Collins, before he was a TD, used to be a, a county councillor in Limerick County Council. He was part of a local area committee on the council that recommended the disposable the disposal of public land so someone in the private market could buy it. Mm-hmm. An open open market process took place. Niall Collins then got elected. He left the council. And then afterwards, his wife, Dr. Emer O'Connor, bought the land. The story first um, appeared in the Dutch website, who said that they claimed he had broken the law because this is in the Local Government Act. They claimed that he had broken the law because he should have recused himself because his wife had already expressed interest in buying the land before they decided to sell it. Mm. And then he was on the committee that agreed to sell it. Mm. So he is currently in the doll. Um, 
but he said I'll just read I would like to give him as much reply as we can so um he said in hindsight and given the focus on the perception among some um 15 years ago it would have been better had I not participated in a local area committee meeting in January 2007 mm. even though it is absolutely clear that my wife did not benefit in any way from my attendance at the January meeting he said it was his full understanding and it remains so the day that um, he did not contravene the 2001 local government. No law was broken. I did not part- participate in any decision that authorised the sale of this land. This could only be done by the full county council in accordance with the statutory process. Now, we also have heard from the Taoiseach, the Tanisha and Eamon Ryan, who all said, yes, this is murky in that kind of way that he probably should have recused himself. Mm from it but they said he absolutely didn't break the law and they can't, they've called it a political witch hunt by mm. the Dutch website um i would also i would point out that um he has admitted he did it so it's not a witch hunt <laughs> because yeah. famously witches don't exist so <laughs> and that was why it was a witch hunt so he yeah there's an argument going on in the doll now but um Holly Cairns, for instance, and the and other sections of the opposition, Paul Murphy, um, in particular, have called on Niall Khan's no demix statements. The Tanisha then has has run in with this witch hunt line and also said that you know this is a this is a doll, this is the government, this isn't a kangaroo court. But it goes to the further question of trust in the government, and also he has admitted that he was part of the local area committee who recommended he sell the land. And his wife then bought the land mm. when it was sold. Yeah. And there was already an expression of interest by yeah. his wife. Yeah. I mean, it's dodgy. So, so It's dodgy. He's it's admitted dodgy. it's dodgy. It's dodgy. It's dodgy. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's admitted it's dodgy. Everybody sees that it's dodgy. No one's saying it's not dodgy. But I think what's interesting is this, these comments by um, Tanisha and Michal Martin, who mm-hmm. basically says that, you know, the ditch is orchestrating, these are is his it? words, a political campaign... See- I don't see the Dutch as an independent media platform at all. Paddy Cosgrave does. Paddy Cosgrave is a backer. Che Bose is a founding member of the Dutch. Che Bose has now appeared on um, RT, the Russia-funded um, news website. Um, but that is completely by the by. The two men who wrote this story were not um, Paddy Cosgrave or Che Bose. Mm. And the thing that I keep coming back to is like, yeah. But they were right. <laughs> like, whether you like them or not, yeah. whether you like where the funding comes from, from this website or not, mm. they were right. They're not defaming him. They are not mm. making stuff up. He has admitted yeah. that he did this. But so I think you can, you can think all you want about Patty Cosgrave and how this website is funded. But well, I think that's by the by. But I think his what he's saying is he's kind of suggesting that that this is like a kind of a Fox News type scenario where, yeah. you know, this publication has a particular angle and he says, mm-hmm. you know, the words he used were that they were selective and distorted in their reporting and, um, you know, that he said, I don't think this house should be a slave to or be facilitating political campaigns organized by a platform and he sees it as a political platform. Mm-hmm. And that is an interesting conversation, you know, like, mm-hmm. because, like... But then if we get into that, then there's also a debate about, you know, for instance, there are other newspapers who have taken a very, very, very hard line on the likes of Champagne yeah. for famously for years. Well, absolutely. So, absolutely. But I mean, it is a valid conversation, whether, oh, uh, but is. I mean, across the board, not just in reference to the ditch, because obviously there are other online publications well, that well, come from at, a completely well, different like, angle. Um, And, you know, Robert, Robert Rundog still runs Fox News. Mm. And like we have found in the most recent 
Um, the most recent case that you know he very much calls the shots there. Mm. So yeah, it is. It's part of a bigger conversation about is it is there such thing as a free press if you are answering to funders and backers? Mm. Well, we'll move on because we won't have the answer to that today. Um, so <laughs> I thought this was an interesting thing that happened in the doll this week, and um, obviously the vote has taken place, and it's kind of irrelevant to the specific vote on this on this bill. But I thought the question was interesting. Um, so maybe tell us what people before profit suggested um, in the context so, of a, a draft legislation they put forward. So they have put through draft legislation about reducing rent for tenants, right? And they said that in this draft legislation, they said that they didn't believe that la- the TDs who were landlords, which is there 21 of them, should not be allowed to vote on a ballot about rent. McBarry mm. um, from People for Profit said, I think that this point should be noted. Um, I would like to see a declaration of interest before the vote tonight. We have a landlord's doll run by a landlord's government. And the point that they often make is that landlords within society are only 5% of the Irish population. Mm. Um, and obviously the they are oversubscribed mm. in the doll. Um so I believe, uh, what would it be? 30? It's 30% of the doll and they're only 5% of mm-hmm. the population. Mm-hmm. So they're oversubscribed. So they want to vote, uh, the government want to vote in July on a similar kind of bill by 14 votes. And if landlords in the doll weren't allowed to vote, it would have passed. Mm. So they're making a point that if you have a vested interest in rents and keeping rents at whatever rate mm-hmm. or lowering rents or whatever then you shouldn't be allowed to vote. Now, obviously, the vote failed. It was yeah. doomed to fail anyway. But what it did was they the they wrote, they read every single name of a landlord TD into the doll records. Mm. And the Taoiseach is among them. Um, a lot of Fianna Fáil, a lot of Fianna Gael. Let me see if there's any. Brian Ledden of the Green Party. Um, Alan Kelly from Labour. Johnny Gurk from Sinn Féin. Michael Healy um, Ray, Independent. Michael Healy yeah. Matt Shanahan, Independent. No, we're across the board. Across the board. There's just um, loads, loads of landlords, and like the thing about it is actually the most grim thing is that it's nearly completely all men. Yeah. Oh, Carol Nolan, there, rural Independent, up yeah. the woman. It's um the thing about it is obviously the argument would be I am capable of of recusing my interests in mm-hmm. as a landlord to vote for the betterment of the people. Mm-hmm. But sure, couldn't Niall Collins say, I am capable of removing <laughs> the fact that my wife is interested in this land yeah. from, you know, this conversation. Like that would be the argument. But if we say that it's dodgy for Niall Collins to be doing that, then why is mm-hmm. it not dodgy? You know, why is this not dodgy? It is a valid question, I think, you know, and I don't doubt that there are lots of politicians who are perfectly capable of putting their personal interests aside or their business interests aside in order to make good decisions on the basis of what they think is best for their constituents and for the people of Ireland. Mm-hmm. But maybe not everyone, you know, you just don't know. You don't know. And that's the thing. And I, I just think for me, it's the number it com- completely comes down to the numbers of landlords yeah. are only 5% of the population. Then why are they 30% of the doll? There's just so many of them. And it is just really hard to believe that these are people who are in touch with the regular person who's trying to deal with the housing situation at the moment and get it. Like I'm sure they could speak very eloquently about the challenges landlords are facing and they have 
<laughs> but like, mm. you know, it is just very difficult to accept and feel okay with as someone who is not a landlord and probably mm-hmm. will never be a landlord and is unlikely potentially to even own their own house. Like, yeah. it's just... It's and I sickening. think that's what it is. And that's why they did That's why they did this. Yeah, it was a wily um, political move, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. Okay. By the way, I think my maths are wrong there. If there's 106, 160 TVs. I don't know, but it's a lot anyway. Yeah, it's a lot, right? <laughs> it's not 5%, basically. And <laughs> yeah, please don't. Enough. As we have very, very made clear. Apparently, I can't even speak either. As we've made very, very clear, made clear. Neither of us are mathematicians or scientists. Those are not where our skills <laughs> lie. Just, It's just not. Staying with Paul Murphy um, of People Before Profit, something absolutely appalling happened at his house this week when Disgusting. protesters, and I use that term very loosely, turned up outside his house. Um, as he said, himself and his partner were preparing to give their newborn baby a bath. And, yes. Um, this is not the second time we've talked about this baby, baby Jennifer. Um, so Paul Murphy um, and his partner Jess um, were preparing to give baby Juniper, who is two months old, a bath when these, not even protesters, agitators um, began protesting outside of his home. Um, there was around 10 or 11 of them. They had um, overwhelmingly men. They had their faces covered. They had um, signs. One of the members live streamed the protest on TikTok and he could be heard shouting, our children are in danger. The uh, Paul Murphy's neighbour who came out and told him to walk off. Um, he said that, um, Paul Murphy said that like these people present themselves in some way as being anti-establishment, but look who they spend their time attacking. He mm. said the group are giving out leaflets opposing people for profit bill, which would make it difficult for landlords to be able to evict people. Um, so he said they're, they're not anti-establishment at all he says they're doing the dirty work of the landlord class in this country and what he said was and, and politicians always say this is like do not pro- protest outside somebody's family home yeah. protest outside the doll protest outside their office yeah. do not protest outside their home um, the thing about it's, it is it's hard is- to know what their actual whole bet was uh, so the, the leaflets were about the anti like anti-landlord stuff but then they were apparently shouting anti-immigrants yeah they were holding anti-immigration placards yeah like yeah so it seems they have a plethora of issues (laughs) yeah it's like it doesn't make sense no shock there I think the most telling part of it for me was that when you looked at the photos loads of them had like hoods up like Mm. scarves over their face and it's like sorry you're not doing anything good if you have your hood up and your scarf over your face like Mm, exactly you know yeah that's the type of people that we're dealing with it is so unpleasant and I really and I I know it's it's obviously bad when anyone um like they protested anyone's home but I just especially think as well that with a wee baby in the house yeah just don't be at it yeah it's just I think it's a I think it's a disgrace Joe Um, (laughs) and speaking of Joe uh Joe Biden Running again. Joe Biden running again. Ooh. So I have a I have a, a close friend who's American. And when the news broke that Joe Biden was running again, he just sent me um, a gif of Kermit the Frog throwing himself out of a window. Yeah, it's not <laughs> so, great, is it? It's looking likely that the ticket will once again say Donald Trump and Joseph Robinette Biden. Uh, once again so I just, Joe Biden I just cannot believe that Donald Trump 
is gonna go again like what it was <laughs> i know so um while why? louise has a breakdown <laughs> why louise has a breakdown i'm gonna quote joe he said every generation has a moment where they have to stand up for democracy to stand up for their fundamental freedoms i believe this is ours that's why i'm running for re-election the president of the united states join us let's finish the job come on stay with me louise it's uh, just so- it's just <laughs> Joe, you're lovely and all. The, you're lovely, yeah, the, but so you are so was, old. He's so old. So the video opens with clips, obviously, of the January 6th riots at Capitol Hill. Then kind of goes into a more hopeful kind of thing. Um, so it talks about, you know, Roe versus Wade, the, the rollback of abortion rights. Then it talks about, you know, uh, Republicans rolling back the um, trans people and the LGBT communities' rights as well. He said, this is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. I think this is my own political analysis of it. They, the Democrats, in general, don't want to gamble. Like, yeah, but also they think Joe Biden has—he automatically has the option to do it. So, like, if he wanted to do it, it would yeah, be hard for them yeah, to stop and him. I think they think they think. Listen, we got him in once. Americans obviously just love an old white guy. Maybe we just will not gamble with it this time because this point in history is too fragile. Yeah. Um. So Biden. If he goes again, will be eighty six by the time he gets to the end of his second term. See, this so, is my thing. My my issue is not so much like I don't have an issue with older people. I don't think I don't I don't think Joe Biden is going to be incapable of doing this job well just on the basis of his age. But what I do think is that there will be lots of Amer- it's going to be used as an argument mm. through the entire election, and there will be lots of Americans who will be spooked by that. And yeah, what I would and say also, is I would Kamala's say- there. She's great. <laughs> She's also very deeply unpopular as well. Um, so that's the other issue that they have. So 51% in one poll, 51% of Democrats believe that Joe Biden should not run again. But they And nearly half of those cited concerns over his age. Um, but Biden actually has been one of the most effective Democratic presidents when it comes to getting legislation through. Mm. And there's a lot he can run on. Mm. Um, so I think they think that that would be a bigger message. But I think, and like... What my friend also said as well is like, of course, he's going to vote for Joe Biden, but yeah. he's not going to be happy about it. And I think that's how most Americans be. Mm. Um, but we are going to be looking at, you know, two seventy and 80 year old men mm. again running against each other to mm. have the nuclear codes. Yeah, I just can't believe there's going to be a whole nother bloody fucking, yes, fucking campaign of Donald Trump talking shit it's been so nice we haven't had to hear from him very much it's been lovely he's literally in court at the moment for on a, on over a, sexual assault yes he is like and he's also 76 now so like he would yes. be older if he won then he would joe, be older yeah. coming into office than joe was so like you know all of the arguments against joe based on age in the last election should be made by his own people at him but like obviously that won't be what ha- what is wrong with america I know. What I mean, speak to America. your people, Louise. They're not my people, bitch. <laughs> I'm Irish. I am Irish. Yeah, I just lived there, there for 10 years. Yeah. I just lived there for 10 years. I'm 40 years old. That is one quarter of my life. Three quarters of my life <laughs> have been here in this do. country. I was born here. <laughs> I lived here until I was seven. I am not American. No offense, Americans. But like, this is not my circus. This is not my monkey. And truly, I just I and I and I know so many Americans are just as more exasperated than I am, mm. obviously, because they're literally American and it's their country. Oh, God. 
Okay. Well, on that exasperated note, <laughs> I will let you go. My dear, dear Aoife Moore, have a wonderful Bye, week. Thank you. I think I first heard about Sam McKnight when he launched his Cool Girl texturizing spray. But as it turns out, I had been looking at his work in hair for years. And chances are you have too. If you've seen ever a super cool celebrity with a perfectly undone cool girl style, chances are he's the one who's responsible. Like from Kate Moss to Tilda Swinton, Lady Gaga, the Hadids, Carol Delevingne, Kendall Jenner. His work is everywhere. It is current. It is cutting edge. But he's been in the game for decades. Like he was Princess Diana's private stylist for seven years. So he really knows what he's talking about. He has an amazing line of products, which are launching into Brown Thomas, which is why I had the opportunity to speak with him recently. And I have to say, I honestly, I could talk to him for hours. Like there's so much that I didn't get to ask him about and so many roads we didn't get to go down. So I can only hope that I'll get another opportunity in the future to chat with him. I really hope you enjoy it. Sam, thank you so much for okay. taking the time to talk to me. I'm really excited. Thank I you for having me. Not at all. I have followed your career for years and years. I feel like I'm talking to like hair royalty. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so as I said, I have followed your career, but I suppose there might be people listening who aren't familiar with your work. So can you tell us a little bit about how your career in hair started out? Um, I, I was born and brought up in a tiny mining community in the southwest of Scotland, which is actually not that um, dissimilar to Ireland. It's very green and hills and rains a lot. Mm. And um so, um, and, and not that far from Ireland either, the mm. Ayrshire. And um, so I was, that was my, that was my early life. And went to teacher's training college, hated it. My friends had a hairdressing salon um, and I used to help them out. I mean, I was a window cleaner. I was, I was, I worked in a sock factory, a jeans factory. And I kind of found myself doing odd jobs for some friends who had a hairdressing salon and ended up working in the hairdressing salon. Simple as that. Um, did you feel and then I, were you, Did you feel like excited about the hairdressing salon or was it just something that you kind of, you know, you fell into and you were like, this will do well, for a it, while? I fell into it, but it was the most exciting environment I had ever worked in. I mean, right. you can imagine a sock factory, a, <laughs> a jeans factory, window cleaning yeah. in the rainy hills of, on a council estate in southwest Scotland. Um, not not the most glamorous. Right. Um, Although, you know what, I thoroughly enjoyed all of it. The sock factory was challenging, yeah. I have to say. But, the, 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 you know, I mean, it's not, it's a frowned upon word, but the banter was amazing. Yeah. Know? It was just fantastic um, with all those amazing characters who, who, who um, you know, Worked damn hard, yeah, um, and um, and so so have a lot of fun doing it, and I think I learned that from an early age, and which stood me in good stead for what I went on to do. But um, yeah, I, I, I it was certainly the most glamorous and interesting situation I had ever worked in. And, you know, I, it was the 70s. I was a teenager. I was into David Bowie. I, you know, it was all about the hair, the Mark Boland, the David Bowie, the, 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 this one, um, that one, the next one. And, I mean, we just had the sad news yesterday that Mary Quant had died. Now, yeah. Mary Quant was 
she was really the generation before me, but I arrived in London in mid-70s, sort of 10 years after that Mary Quant mm. revolution. And, you know, the revolution was in full swing. So mm. we were we were witnessing a... Mary Quant's revolution was about, and, and Vidal Sassoon's was about rebelling against the kind of um, post-war austerity. Mm. But our rebellion in the 70s, was against everything it was just <laughs> everything that had come before suddenly was up for grabs suddenly suddenly because i think that there's a famous quote from someone who knows uh who it was that said there were probably only about 200 people who kind of uh, enjoyed the so-called swinging 60s right. as 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 legend would have it mm. whereas the rest were still in black and white in the 50s you know mm. and i think the 70s saw saw that change i know that my dad got a color tv in 1974 for the world cup was it 72 or 74 i suspect it was 74 anyway whatever year it was and that was the only reason we got a color tv was for the football yeah <laughs> and <laughs> you know my world opened up in the 70s mm. and so so and I came to London on holiday um yeah around then 73 74 and just just you know the, the bright lights and the sort of the energy of the place just was intoxicating mm. and sure enough I had moved here in 1975. Yeah I I have that feeling about London now even um all through my 20s every time I visited like obviously lots of Irish people moved to London um, and I some of my best friends are there so I I'm over and back a good bit and for work and every time I go I still feel that feeling of I think it's the sense that anything could happen. You don't know who you're going to run into around a corner. You know, any you might bump into, you know, I've ended up at parties I would never have expected to be at. Like there is that kind of sense of possibility. And if there's that now, I mean, I think we have this idea of the 70s of it being that, but even more. Well, I, I, but, but but it was very different. It was very bleak in the 70s. Really? It was, yeah, the building, a lot of the buildings were really black from the, the coal and, right. and the and the filth, really. I mean, mm. it's so clean now. Well, you wouldn't say that if you were walking around my streets with my dog. I have to say, <laughs> you'd realise how filthy it is. But but the buildings were black. Yeah. Um, it was it was we we were in really really terrible way financially. Yeah. Um, the unemployment was through the roof. There were strikes all the time. We had a three day week. You know, we mm. only had electricity. Three, you, did you have electricity four days and it was off for three or the other way around? Wow. I mean, it was really the stores were lit by candlelight. Wow. Uh, you know, and, and and we didn't rely on electronics like we did. Well, that would have just been a disaster. So, it, I mean, I paint this sort of magical picture, but but it was it was pretty, it was pretty uh, grimy and gritty, but. What it was, it was really the, the beginning of everything that had started in the the 60s. Mm. The 70s was when it sort of blossomed, if, if that makes sense. So so I I, I have this, I, all through my life, I felt that, I felt a real excitement when, when you feel you're at the beginning of something, at the beginning of a movement, mm. and you're not kind of just tagging on to the end. It's, mm. it's, it's a feeling, isn't it, and mm. you, you get? And I definitely, definitely got that in the 70s. And I've had that regularly throughout my career. 
Talk to me a little bit about doing hair in the 70s then, because if you couldn't rely on electricity, I mean, now we all just so heavily rely on electronic tools for doing our hair. Was it all about the cut then? Well, I I wasn't actually working in a salon when the three-day week, that was before I started working. Right. But actually, I did a couple of years at different salons in London, and then I ended up working at the kind of hottest salon in town then, which was Molten Brown. Okay. Which people know now as sort of hand wash. Yeah, and nice smells. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> it was an, an amazing, cool hair salon. That's how it started. Right. In London. And they made their own organic products. I think they were probably the first to do that. Mm. Um, and uh, hair products, makeup, everything. Mm. And we in the salon were encouraged not to use electric tools. We were encouraged to 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 cut hair and let the haircut rely on drying naturally right that's my we, dream we, we'd now. help it along with <laughs> towels and with our hands and air drying but but it, but it was it was it gave me a very sort of um feel for natural hair which I love or natural feeling and looking hair yeah and do you feel well well and that I mean we'll talk about your products in a minute but that absolutely comes through in your products but do you think that there's a movement back towards that kind of hair like I have started to um for the first time really properly over the last three years I've started to wear my hair it's in its natural kind of texture I'm letting it dry naturally every time I get a cut I'm working toward trying to get a cut that works well with the way that it just naturally dries and there seems to be a movement towards that kind of thing Um, are you seeing that do you have a sense of that well I think about 10 years ago um because I do a lot of fashion shows for yeah. all the big houses. And about 10, 12, maybe 15 years ago, we started to see a movement towards, um, just the beginning of a movement towards not doing all the girls' hair the same in a show. Because right. before you would have had a, you would have had a kind of an army of girls with exactly the same hair and makeup. Yeah. And then... That started to change. And in the last few years, that's developed into um, really a lot of a lot of designers showing looks that have multiple for different skin tones, different hair types. Mm. So you're not kind of um, I mean, of course, that's not always the case. It, it is still great to have everyone looking the same. It's very powerful. But it's also entirely possible and totally acceptable now to have you know every everyone with their own natural look Mm. and that's been a huge breakthrough in the fashion industry and I think that has filtered through to everything else over the the last decade well of course it's isn't it's that Miranda Priestley speech in um, the Devil Wears Prada about the cerulean sweater how everything filters down might take some time but you know fashion fashion I think I think it can be subliminal I think it honestly can be some kind of Someone plants an idea, and 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 it's not always down to one person. Maybe a lot of the time, two or three people, two or three designers have the same idea at a similar time, and it kind of, you know, it, it permeates through. Because I think, especially now with social media, there's there's a there's less of a there's less of a sort of hierarchy. Of you're being told that you have to do this, or you're being told that you have to do that. We're all listening to what people like and what people want. And it's not going through multiple layers of 
marketing and PR and da 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 whatever. It's actually I post a picture, I get replies, you know, mm. straight away. It's it, it's from the horse's mouth. So we we know what people are reacting to. We know, yeah. And and it's I think it's much more. Well, it's it's really democratic in a way, isn't it? Really? Yeah. You know, it's 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 everyone kind of thinking. And you see, also twenty years ago, the the the, the really sort of slick hair straighteners arrived on the scene. Yeah. So it became really easy to straighten hair. So of course, everyone goes, "Oh my god, I can straighten my curly hair! That's amazing!" Mm-hmm. And then you get addicted to that look, and then then another change comes in. Oh, actually, I kind of like my curly hair now yeah. that I've ruined it. You know. It's, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's, 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 I mean, it's a cycle, isn't it? Really, yeah. everything's everything is everything goes round and round in that amazing um, <laughs> words of that amazing song, "Windmills of Mind." Um, <laughs> it's it's like circles within circles, and it's it's ever evolving, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Well, I suppose. I mean, it's it's perfect. This leads on perfectly to your products because, as I said, like I actually I have never used your products. I'm very excited about using your products because, of course, they are launching into Ireland into Brand Thomas, and I cannot wait to get my hands on them because I feel like I've been reading about them for years. And like to get your hair in them. Well, well, exactly, exactly. Um, But you know, the cool girl you own that cool girl style like that is you you I'm when I think of that hair I think of you um and that is all about things that aren't kind of perfectly done you know so how did that become a kind of look that you were focusing on well that became it became something I've, I've always I've always liked to do hair like that like I right. said from the 70s yeah we used to do those shaggy haircuts and mm. and and sometimes the girls would go out with their hair wet, you know, and mm. just let it dry in the air. Um, so it really comes from that. And that was the kind of, that was the beginning of that. Mm. And it's also about giving people the confidence to wear their natural hair. Yeah. Um, and I think from then on, that always kind of dictated my work yeah. to this day. And I think recently, I mean, the... The, the last few years we've been asked we've 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 had lots of requests for that sort of that cool girl that kate moss that yeah. sort of relaxed you know you don't care about it too much but you do really you yeah. know you, you, you want to be seen to be caring about yeah. it too much but it, not putting that sort of effortless um just their great hair thing rather yeah. than this sort of overpowering hairstyle now sometimes to get that we would have to we'd have to wet hair we'd have to put mousse in it within after hairspray and so it was a 20 minute backstage it'd be a 20 minute process and i needed some products i mean there were products out there but but to me i they were very heavy right and i developed four six years ago i think i developed four very lightweight lightly formulated dry stylers and mm. cool girl was one of them cool girl was the, the, the dry texture spray but i wanted a texture spray that didn't feel like you had a load of product in your hair something that i could instantly use on someone's hair without wetting their hair to get to, to, to i mean you can use it on your natural hair not having done anything to it just to mess it up a little yeah. bit because i think a lot of people a lot of people's hair I know, you know, it's not for everyone, but it's it's if you want that kind of thing, uh, I see a big difference when I show people how to use it. And someone may have quite flat, mm. 
you know, fine, um, hard to deal with just after it's been washed out. Yeah. You know? So a few blasts of that will just give it a little volume, a little extra volume, and 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 be enough so you can kind of do that with it and you sort of run your hands in it and it'll just just muss it up um enough mm. and and not be too heavy to weigh it down. Yeah. So I mean obviously the cool girl products aren't the only products that you have now you've expanded and we'll be able to get them all in Brent Thomas, which I'm very excited about. But is that kind of ethos that like, you know, make the most of what you have, kind of easy styling through the whole thing? It is. Uh, I mean, most of our products are lightweight. We have we have a sort of the lightly. We have our dress to kill, which is great for really dry, afro textured hair. Mm. Um, it, I mean, I used it on a girl's hair who was very glossy and straight the other day because it's a nice it's a nice finisher. But it, it's it's um, so we've got from that through to super super light um, happy endings nourishing balm, which you can use on any type of hair. Mm. So the formulations are all lightweight, but yeah. they work. Yeah, and they're formulated so that people can use them very easily themselves. Mm. It's they're not products that are complicated or five steps or. Uh, I'm I'm trying to make it as easy for people as as I've made it we've made it easier for to use ourselves right so it's going to be easy for you to use too. Right. Well, that is very appealing because I think I have two small children and I have approximately five minutes, if I'm lucky, yeah. every day to get yeah. myself ready. Um, yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, I think that that's how that's where the world is. You know, you, you have five or ten minutes to do. Yeah. You don't. I mean, you know, some people love to get into the ritual of doing, spending an hour or two. Doing oh, yeah. Hour, and that's fantastic. That's, that's fantastic, too. But I think generally... Uh, speed is of the essence right and you want something you want something that works instantly and also I was finding what I was getting from a lot of people was um I've used I've used some stuff I put it in my hair and it was so heavy I had to wash it out yes we've avoided all those pitfalls yeah because that's my issue like I love a texture spray or like some a root lift like something that's going to give me a bit of like I want my hair to be ginormous basically at all times and but then if I put that in that's it then the hair has to be washed because it's too well kind of sticky we kept using a word um, that we made up called brush outable. Yes. And everything has to be brush outable. Yes. I'm my hands are in the air. <laughs> I love to hear that. Um, so I'm interested to hear, because obviously you've been at this for a long time, as we've discussed. You know, you could pack it in now if you wanted, I presume, and just like, you know, go on holidays all year. What keeps oh you my going? God, that would be so boring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is what I want to hear. Days all year. No. no. <laughs> um, maybe half a year. No. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I'm not ready to pack jacket all in though. I, I think I think the pandemic was a a, a turning point for me. Um, I mean, I'm in my sixties, and um, I mean, heading up there, um, and. I think the pandemic for me, because I'd spent the last 40 years living out of a suitcase, really, yeah. to be honest. And that was the first time I had been, I had enjoyed my home and my garden all through the spring and the right. summer and the autumn. And I mean, I know it was a hard time for a lot of people, but but for me, it at I turned 65 in the pandemic. And for me, it was a kind of, 
Um, it probably was that point where I would either have gone, okay, I'm jacking it all in and I'm just going to go on holiday. Or what I did was, okay, I'm going to ramp up my business and I'm not going to go back to the crazy travel yeah. situation that I had before. I suddenly felt I had kind of... Um, <sighs> I had gotten off the merry-go-round. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. And, and listen, I'm not, I, I, I'm not saying the right race because because I've had the most amazing career, work with the most incredible people, mm. and still get to do that. And 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 actually, work is a joy. Yeah. But I thought, okay, it it's it's it started to feel to, to go back to the circles of evolution. It had, it was beginning to feel repetitive like yeah. oh it's september it shows oh it's february it shows oh, it's this month we have to do this and, so, and I thought, okay i need different experiences now i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna have the next 10 years doing different things yeah. so uh, and and it, it kind of gave me a license to 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 kind of think that was okay in my mind it was a mental thing yeah. really it was a shift yeah and i thought you know what? You're, you 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 know the old cliches came true. You only live once, mm. and let's do let's let's do something different. So we kind of I decided. I mean, I have a very small team. Some of them who have been with me for many many years, and thought, you know what? Let's change tack. Let's focus because the, the the hair products were very successful, and we thought let's expand and let's yeah. take time to do that because. Doing the other stuff, doing the, um, you know, all the photo shoots and shows all the time, don't leave you much time to do anything else. So, yeah. so suddenly I was faced with all this time to, um, oh, God, I'm rabbiting on now, to <laughs> um, to just see the bigger picture. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. So it, and and recalibrate. So we, we, we kind of, that we spent the latter part of lockdown. Um, we had... We had new products developed, yeah. But we lost our manufacturer. Um, our manufacturer went bust, so we had to find a new manufacturer. So we and we kind of we redeveloped everything, uh, and we made everything vegan. We 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 kind of looked at the sustainability of the packaging, and we're mm. still looking at that now because it's it's um it's really important to me. Mm. It's all in recycled plastic that's recyclable, mm. uh, but we're looking at alternatives as we speak. We've got mm. things testing and uh, much more sustainable alternatives. So yeah, I find it really exciting what's happening. I feel again that I'm in at the beginning of something uh, that feels like there's, there's lots of new things happening, new technologies happening that we've been, we've been talking to lots of people about yeah. and I'm finding that element of things changing yeah um and that newness exciting again well that makes sense because as you said that's something that's come up time and time again in your career well sam it has been such a pleasure to talk to you i'm so excited to get my hair into your products as we discussed <laughs> um and i know um everyone will be absolutely thrilled to find to find it in brown thomas which we all all us beauty fans just brown thomas is like a heaven for us so <laughs> it'd be know, nice to have a new a new thing under our wing yeah, yeah. yeah well thank you so I've much i've actually sam. been there before i came there many years ago with on a Mac junket with Linda Evangelista. Oh yeah, quite, very good. Quite a while ago, yeah. Very good. Um, so, I will, will I see you there? I will be there with bells on. Okay, great. I can't wait. Thank great. you so much. Great. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Now, how delightful to have Esther and Ward who back in the house. So we had loads to talk about uh, from what is going on with Ireland's Eurovision entry. There was a lot of drama around that this week to something very unexpected happening uh, in, in, with me via James Corden's last carpool karaoke ever with Adele and Sophia's Richie, Sophia, and Sophia Richie's wedding, which I think has been the ultimate move toward it girl stardom. Um, lots and lots to talk about. I hope you enjoy. Esther and we're done who we're back in your house at your new are we still calling it the new table yeah we are wonderful I think th- I think that's great it's adorned with a beautiful tablecloth we've put a ta- tablecloth come a long way it. baby <laughs> my lifestyle my lifestyle this is my tablescape an old coffee cafetiere and I was what, what do you call these what the okay, okay let's go let's just go I can't think <laughs> what, what do you call this it's like a reusable coffee reusable. cup. Reusable. It's a recycled mug. It's a reusable no, mug. No, it's it's like a keep cup, but it's one of those really fancy ones that looks like an actual coffee mug. I don't yeah. know what the term for that is, so yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised yeah. you struggled. Again, my lifestyle. Um, okay, we've got a lot to talk about, and we are going to start kind of in the darkness, unfortunately, because we need to talk about what went down this week with Ireland's Eurovision entry. Um, it's a lot. Everywhere I go, people have been asking me about this. Um, Esther, when did you come to learn about the drama happening with Ireland's Eurovision entry. Well, you alerted me to it, Louise, because I did see it. I'm not on Twitter. I haven't been like in- enveloped in this whole thing. So I had to do my background uh, reading on this. So in case you don't know, the Eurovision Song Contest will take place in Liverpool in the UK. Um, Ukraine won last year, but they're hosting it there, obviously, because of the ongoing war. Uh, the final will be on the 13th of May and the Irish representative is... But, uh, Kildare Band Wild Youth they are Kildare Band aren't they? Yes. Mm-hmm. and they're representing the country with the song We Are One however earlier in the week tweets were screenshotted that appeared to be from their creative director Ian Bannum which prompted the band to part ways with him mm-hmm. um, the nature of the tweets were transphobic 
misogynistic and um and more I and mean, more I'll just I I went through I saw this happening live as it were and I was like who's Ian Bannon I'd never heard of Ian Bannon before and so I googled him and he turned out he had been the lead choreographer on Dancing with the Stars um he's based in the UK but he'd done a lot of Irish work yeah um and then I went through his Twitter and just just uh, some things had been deleted I think by the time I got there but just looking at his Twitter likes from the last 10 days gave you an idea he was liking anti-covid anti-mask anti-vax anti-trans anti-fat like you know all of the things that would make you go that's not a person I want to be around he was kind of liking the tweets of people posting those things I have the screenshots to prove it yeah. um, and it was pretty grim his his account is now private the account is now private I know yeah I went in mm. to have a, a, another look uh, earlier so it's basically everything that the Louise McSharry Catch-Up Podcast stands for he was like in the whole, other side the other side <laughs> yeah. the darkness he's the darkness I mean yeah it, and, uh, on his website it says he's worked with Leallan Kylie Minogue Cheryl she mm. has no surname um, and yeah so anyway so um, then Hmm, okay, this is a terrible situation. What's going to happen next? On Wednesday, J.K. Rowling tweeted, she retweeted what she tweeted. I don't, know if you want, you don't want to say, I can read it here if you want. The re-traumatization, referring to Ian Bam's tweets, the re-traumatization of female rape survivors, including this man's victims, on seeing him, and if you look at her, her tweet, you'll see what she's referring to, on seeing him called a woman by the press counts for nothing naturally. The so-called kindness and inclusivity of, and she added, and wild youth is preening self-satisfied misogyny hashtag I stand with Ian Bannum. Yeah, so the whole thing, basically the, the original tweet that, that instigated all of this was a tweet about... An article about uh, Zara Jade, a transgender woman who stabbed her partner and... Um, and was arrested. Yeah. Yeah. And there were, I think there's accusation of sexual assault. And, you know, look, we don't know about that case. I don't know about Zara. I don't know what the story is. But the, the tweet misgendered Zara. And so J.K. Rowling is basically like, this is a rapist and your kindness toward this rapist is a slap in the face uh, against every woman who's ever been sexually assaulted, which, by the way, is most of us in some capacity. Um, And like the thing about it is, is that when things like this happen, when trans people are involved in any kind of unpleasant crime, and it does happen sometimes because there are bad apples in every bunch, the anti-trans movement just jumps on it and 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 extrapolates it as an indication of what the entire trans community is about and basically say that if you if you still think that despite the fact that this person has done something absolutely horrendous that they should still be respected in terms of their gender that if you think that you are slapping every rape victim in the face and you and you're a terrible person and you're against rape victims and it's so ridiculous It's so ridiculous. Like, by that logic, a racist could be like, why aren't you using, like, racist slurs to describe people of other races who commit terrible crimes? Like, we can talk about these terrible crimes and the terrible things that people do and acknowledge that people do terrible things without misgendering them or using racist terminology or using language that is offensive. Like, it's just so ridiculous. And and the other thing, uh, as my friend Fiona tweeted, was like, so J.K. Rowling... as I've said, like if you go through this guy's tweets, there's all kinds of problems there. It's not just transphobia. So like, does JK Rowling not care? 
Like, has she, does she either, as Fiona said, not do her due diligence and see that this guy has, you know, multiple problems? Mm-hmm. Or does she not care as long as he's on the right side as far as she's concerned when it comes to gender? Like, it's just... Ooh, drives me crazy! Yeah. I, that's the thing, is like, is like, they're even, like, yeah, apart, aside from misgendering them, like, they're holding trans women up to some sort of, like, I don't know, it's like a, a standard that, like you said, there's bad... There's there is people are all different types of mindsets and characters as well, but yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I, I, I don't. I'm baffling that they kind of lean into this so heavily. It's yeah. just so strange. And um and <laughs> Louise's there's steam coming from Louise's ears at the moment. It's well, awful. I'm just gonna say one more time that if I were say a billionaire, mm. I would simply choose not to spend my life obsessing over people who have literally no impact on my life. Mm-hmm. And I would maybe I don't know go on holiday a lot like what is wrong with her what is wrong with her I do not understand it I do not understand it I will never understand it like we are talking and I've said it time and time again we're talking about such a tiny Mm -hmm. group of people who are extremely vulnerable yes yeah of course in every group of people there will be people who make mistakes or do terrible things or are potentially just terrible people like that happens Mm -hmm. there are authors of children's books who are fucking terrible people it happens Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that all authors of children's books are terrible people Mm -hmm. and or that they should be disrespected as a result of it like it's just yeah it drives me crazy but I what are what are they gonna do what are they gonna do about this I wonder because you know Ian Bannum has worked on Dancing with the Stars for years um I was talking to someone this morning who was on Dancing with the Stars and knew him quite well and said they had not seen any indication of this kind of attitude or behavior from them at the time. But the thing is you just don't know COVID did did things to people. Mm-hmm. Like that time, you know, we've seen say Ashling O'Loughlin, like there was an interesting thread about her recently on Twitter where someone pointed out that, you know, not in the not too distant past, Ashling O'Loughlin was like you know, quite liberal, pro-immigration, all these things. And now she's really swung around to the other direction. So what happened? Like something happened over COVID that completely changed her perspective on things. And Mm. obviously that can happen. So, you know, who knows if this guy, unfortunately just took a wrong turn and has ended up down a really dark path of, of problematic thought, or if this has always been in him. But I don't think, I mean, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, but I would be, if I was RT, I don't think I'd be working with him again. Yeah, well, they, the uh, RT ha- have come out and said Ian Bannum is no longer a member of Ireland's Eurovision 2023 team and they won't be making any further comment mm-hmm. um, and the band have parted ways with them. So you'd, I mean, given the industry that he works in, you, you can't imagine any of these, the acts that are, or the companies that are listed on his website will want to um, be associated, with, be associated it, yeah. with that. And yeah, I mean, it is interesting what, yeah, what... I mean, that's that was further Googling. Why did people tip in? Is that you know, if, if people had more time just to kind of deep dive into strange, weird right turns and you kind of want to think there's something maybe joining everything together and there's some little malevolent minority ruling the world or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. That which is completely false. It's just, it's strange. So um, anyway, that's where it is. So that's where it stands and... I don't think, yeah, I don't think we'll hear anymore. I think Corti have taken the stance just based on the fact that they haven't said anything else, mm-hmm. that they're not going to say anything else, as they said. And I think that will be it from them. They don't want to be attached to this, which makes sense. I did think it was interesting that Connor, the lead singer of Wild Youth, tweeted about this himself. And then in the reply to his tweet, he said, by the way, um, Orti are also horrified. And I was like, oh, did they're some... not going to like that. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Some were like, you better do do, do, do a follow-up tweet. Just add that in as well. Yeah, so... They're yeah. not going to like that. They Let me tell you. They don't like being dragged into these things, in my experience. Mm-hmm. Um... Anyway, I think it's good. I thought Wild Youth's quick response to it was really positive. I thought it was great to see them say, this is not what we're about and make it very clear to their fans and to people who follow them that they're not going to stand for this kind of thing. And that in itself is a very positive message in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Okay, next up, something absolutely, I couldn't have predicted it. I mean, no one could have told me that this would happen. I wouldn't have believed it in a million miles. But... Yeah. Something happened and it has something to do with James Corden's final carpool karaoke. Um, what I'm like, are you reading? Nothing shocks me about this. Um, what aspect of this are you talking about? Are you... Tell us what happened. Okay. And then I'll... All right. Well, OK, so James Corden, OBE. He's an OBE. Oh, uh, yeah. What does he know? He's an OBE net worth $70 million. Oh, they give a lot of OBEs out. Yeah, yeah, you don't accept them anyway. Look, and he's an obe, so good for him. He hosted his last The Late Late Show on Thursday. Uh, Harry Styles and Will Ferrell were rumoured to be two of his last guests. This is mm-hmm. on a Friday. We're recording this on Thursday, so, you know, you do the math. And Adele was his final carpool karaoke guest. And I watched the first um, big chunk of this video. So um, it sees Adele creeping into his Corden's house to wake him up by banging cymbals. What would you do if someone creep- came into your house in the middle of the night? I think I'd... I, what would I do? Levitate from the bed, drop kick them. I if don't it was know how Adele, I'd, I'd be okay with it. But like any, basically anyone else, I'd probably have a big issue. Yeah, I wonder how that would work. Cause I, I sleep with like a helmet on my head with like I'm fully. I've got earplugs in, and I, I just can't imagine. Oh, do you? Yeah, you have a mask. I need a whole. It's like a Mandalorian mask. I have a whole thing. Right, I need to complete deprivation and silence. That and nightmare. Stunning. I'll show it to you later. Show me yeah. my mask, the babes. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, so she wakes him up with symbols, horrific, and tells him as it's the last week, she's going to drive him and do the car- carpool karaoke. He's going to be the guest, and Adele's there. And um, so yeah, they belt out the hits, and kind of it's like oh, down memory lane. James is telling her some of the greatest experiences when Stevie Wonder sang "I Just Called to Say I Love You" to his partner Julia, who he's moving back to the UK with with his kids to experience a London life. Mm. Um, and yeah, they're cranking out the hits and Adele's telling him how when she separated from or divorced from her husband that James's family were, you know, the family that kind of she relied on and she inspired the first uh, verse of I Drink Wine from her last album. And yeah, they both got emotion and they, they, they cried uh, in the car, even which is jacked up on top of a yeah. truck and driven around LA. Um, they sang Don't Rain on My Parade and yeah, so... Um, and you still can't figure out what it is that happened no. that I... I'll tell you what happened. Tell me. Adele made me feel warm feelings about James Corden. Oh! <laughs> Never would have thought it. I couldn't have, I, you know, I just didn't think that was where things were going to go and yet that's where they went. I, I found it really moving. It was nice. Yeah, again, I wouldn't be a stan. Maybe got that from my little intro gently mocking his OBE but no, I'm not but, a son but but yeah um, I did uh, yeah it was then I'm cynical I'm like oh, they're trying to humanise him now to do the good PR no for me it. well yes I mean I think definitely there's some of that but for me it was clear that they are genuinely yes. friends yeah genuinely very good friends yeah who like go on holidays with their kids together. They, She said, you're my best friend. And he said, you're my best friend. And like, they clearly have a really tight, genuine friendship. And like when, when she was describing that conversation that they had, which led to her writing that verse of I Drink Wine, yep. I was yeah. like, that's, that's real. And so when you remove, when you see someone, well, personally, uh-huh. if I see someone be real mm-hmm. and vulnerable, 
I, I can't hate them. Well, hang on before we do this one. But this song is very special to both of us. Well, I just saw that it's on there. Yeah. And I, um, mm. and I don't know how much you want to, we'd have to talk a lot about it, but the first verse of this song, which I think is some of my best writing that I've ever done, even if I do say so myself, <laughs> um, was inspired by a conversation that you and I had had. <clears throat> And it was like the 4th of January or something of 2020. We just... We... And we'd been on vacation together with the kids yeah. and we were on our way home and my mood had changed and, um, and it was like the first year that I felt like I had to hold myself accountable um, for just being an adult. Whereas the year before that where I, like, you know, I left Simon and stuff like that, but you and Jules and the kids were so integral in looking after me and Angela and making sure that I didn't... And I remember you used to do it with humour as well. You used to be like, good luck with that one. Like, you know, in any, like, sort of thing that I was pursuing and stuff like that. And then you were always so... You were, like, an, always an adult to me. Like, you and Julia are very much... And you would always give me this advice. And then I remember I said to you on the way home, I said, what's wrong? I was like, you, was, you just seemed down and you let it all out to me and you just... You didn't feel stronger. And we were having... Like, what, a six-hour conversation about it? It was, like, the whole way home. It was work stuff and the yeah. internet and, and it was, all those things. But then it, have, it got me thinking. I, I felt so unsafe with you feeling unsafe because you've always been like that. You have for, like, since I was, like, 21, you've always been like that, like, you know? And then I <clears throat> went to the studio a couple of weeks later and I wrote this and I remember I sang it into my phone and I sent it to you. And, and I do remember you saying... That's exactly how I was feeling. It, it was everything that I was feeling that day. Okay, yeah, I see. I see your point. I see now what what shook us. That's all I'm saying. You. I just I didn't expect to feel warmly toward him in that way, and yet there there I was. And I would recommend it. I think it's worth yeah, a watch. Yeah, it's twenty minutes long, so you get you get yeah. that done. Um, still no word though. Who will be the next host of our Late Late Show? Louise, you've anything to tell us? No, no. Again. No, not a word. No. Um, no. <laughs> okay, we move on. I don't. I still don't think they know. No. I think they're still figuring it out. I did hear a rumor about Patrick Keelty. Now, when I say hear a rumor, like I read it in the paper, it's, it's not like I, I have any kind of insight. I budget for Patrick Keelty. Well, I thought it was an interesting, it was the first one that made yeah. me go, mm, mm, maybe. Um, now, next up, I hope you don't mind, Esther. I want to skip to Sophia Ritchie's wedding. I just feel we need to get into it and I'm, I don't want to rush it. Mm-hmm. I am fascinated by this did you know who Sophia Ritchie was before now yes I did well I knew her through um to her sister Nicole (laughs) through her sister Nicole the iconic Nicole Ritchie no I knew her through as an association associate of Scott Disick yes of course um and but it seems like she's gotten married to Elliot Grange the son of Sir Lucian Charles Grange CEO of Universal Music Group and it seems like, this is her debut into the world. They're really using this as a PR yeah. kind of platform. Um, and, uh, yeah, she's Lionel Richie's daughter. There's so many, she's connected to so many iconic people. Yeah. has been in kind of on the periphery of these big names. Yeah, so my journey with Sophia is the first time Please I ever... Journey, yeah. I will. Um, I, you didn't ask for it, but I'm going to give it go. to you. So the first time I ever knew her was watching some sort of... I basically would watch anything Nicole Richie ever does, or, or I just love her. Yeah. Um, and she made a show 
some kind of show. It was probably like, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. And Sophia Richie was in it as her like child sister, basically. And then the next time, obviously, and I, I remember being struck at the time by how beautiful she was. And even though she was like 12 or 13, mm-hmm. she's so beautiful. Then Scott Disick started dating her when she was 19. And I was like, leave that child alone. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Don't do this to her. And then she became kind of a little bit of a like, you know, hot girl on the scene, but not massively. And then this wedding, it's been very interesting. And this is why I wanted to talk about it. I mean, if you're online, you've probably seen it because it's been everywhere. It's been on Vogue. Vogue have done videos of her going shopping for her wedding dresses, three different wedding dresses, all Chanel. Um, there's been you know, articles on so on Vogue, New York Magazine, like everywhere you can think of is writing about this wedding. But the most interesting thing about it for me is that she launched her TikTok the week of the wedding. Yeah. It's a, it's a legitimate platform. It's like, how did JLo push her new newsletter? She she gave the full announce, engagement announcement to Ben Affleck in the newsletter. She's mm-hmm. like, if you're going to have all eyes on me, I'm going to just like make it work. And I mean, it's a business. I'm just looking here. She's only 24. Yeah, she's so young. Crazy. She's so young. But like, I think, you know, she so she launched a TikTok last week yeah and she started doing get ready with me videos as she was getting ready for her wedding events wedding by the way in hotel du cap which is in the i think it's in is it so, it's in south of france yeah in cap d'antibes antibes 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 which is super fancy like i knew about that hotel only because it's like one of the fanciest hotels in the world um so she's doing get ready with me videos and they're very like down to earth and personable and everybody just starts like drooling like absolutely hoovering them up so excited to get the content and and then there are professionally produced videos that she's sharing on her TikTok. It's like there was 100% a team strategizing about how we can maximize this wedding for content to make Sophia Richie the new Hailey Bieber or whatever. Like of there course. has to have been. Well, you know, we've been in enough meetings. The logistics it takes, like this is very well executed. It's incredibly well executed. Like it's this is stunning. a top, like it's, it, yes, it's, it's the best. Top, it's top tier, but it's, it's funny when, like when, so when she got engaged to Elliot, when do the two of them have that in their wedding planning? You're like, you know, honey, this could be a great platform for you to yeah. do or me to whatever, da, 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 da. And they decided, let's work it into the wedding plan. And yeah, it's beautiful. There's obviously a collaboration there with Chanel as well. So mm. it's like top tier. Yeah, funny. I didn't think who she was, she, I knew she was like, it's obviously a big launch, but like, yeah, she's coming for Hailey Bieber. It's that whole, mm-hmm. they're like, why not me? Like there will be a brand, I would imagine, in two years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think she's she's the Nude Sticks Beauty Director. I don't know if yeah. that, is that her company or? No, it's not her company. So that's a company that was founded by three sisters. Um, she is like an ambassador, basically. Yeah. But like, you know, you know how, who was it? Kate Moss was like creative director of Diet Coke for a while or something. Like, you know, they give them yes. these wild titles. It's one of those. Um, Nude Sticks, by the way, great products, um, just to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously her makeup artist then was doing videos about how she did the makeup. And it's all been very good for Nude Sticks. Everyone's writing about Nude Sticks because there were two different Nude Sticks, three different Nude fix- Sticks used on her face, blah, blah, blah. It's all good. But she is, pr- she is building her own brand. And I guarantee you she's going to have her own skincare slash beauty slash whatever brand within the next few years and I and I'm watching it happen with nothing but admiration it's stunning I just wish I had the money and the balls to like monetize and contentify my life in that way I'm so terrible like I I, I like yes part of my work is like influency I can I really struggle to post anything because I find it so embarrassing but I mean, they're they're at a like they're at a different table. They're like, let's just go mm. all in. And I suppose when you're kind of in her father is Lionel Richie, who is a well known name. But like back when she was probably a kid or when in the eighties, like he was like global. He was like it. Babe, she so was not born in the eighties. 
Oh. Well, oh, no, but I'm saying, like, yeah, before, but when was she born in the 90s? This girl was born in, like, the year 2000. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. This is wild. I know. But, yeah, but so, I mean, I guess they're, like, in show business. They're like, you might as well, if you're going to in for a penny, in for a pound, let's yeah, go. Yeah, baby, let's go. They've got access to the teams. They're like, come on, let's TikTok. <sighs> But maybe, look, maybe we can get your next life event. We can do a whole plan. We'll have drones coming down from that. We can do it, Louise, if you want. Just give us at least two or three weeks planning and we'll get it We'll get it done. I'm thinking what I need is a full-time assistant slash photographer slash videographer. Yeah. And this person will answer my emails because I, I just can't. I simply can't. If you're listening and I owe you an email, it's probably not coming. I think it's my ADHD. If I don't reply to an email immediately, it's like it's gone from my brain. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm learning and I'm trying to like implement a system where I to reply to emails for half an hour first thing in the day, every day. But then I'll, sometimes I'm, I have things to do and then I don't get to them. And anyway, anyway, emails. And then if they could also take pictures and video of me, then maybe I could be the next human <laughs> Let's get you a full team, honey. Why not? <laughs> I literally can't even say it seriously. Oh, imagine me as the next Hayley Bieber. What would your so Hayley Bieber's got like uh, her her uh, what did she call it? Her donut skin or something like that? Glazed donut. Glazed skin, donut skin. Yeah. You could be like vanilla sliced toes or something like that. <laughs> Custard sliced cheeks. Oh no, chemo. My toes have never been the same. Okay, so look. It's not okay, gonna be my toes. Okay, above the knees. Above the knees. Okay, look. That's going to be our strategy. Now, imagine that was a PowerPoint. Now here's Louise. We're working from above the knees. Her toes are a disgrace. We're not going to even go there. Cherry apple cheeks. Cherry apple cheeks. Yeah. Delish. Um. Okay. Briefly, let's just touch on Tucker Carlson leaving Fox News. This isn't the most glamorous story, but it is kind of. It feels like a victory somehow. Yeah. So, you know, Fox News. They're mm-hmm. Trump loving. They're I don't know. I don't know. They're Trump loving. They're the end. They're not our. We're not. We're not on their team. We're no, not on their team. And not. Tucker Carlson is a host, and he's been a pundit, and he's been a contributor long before. He has had his own show, whatever. And you I, may remember him from such dramas as thinking that the green M M&M and M wasn't sexy anymore, and being very upset about it. But this is the thing. Like when we watch, like obviously the way they operate the media over there is completely different. And. I, like, I've been aware of Tucker Carlson for many years. And I'm just like, I kind of, I find it hold, this, this, the choice that they made to, like, make their money. Like, Sophia Richie launching a TikTok, good. Yeah, make your money, honey. But having to, choosing to engage in this pantomime, yes. this shtick, make this choice to just be so outraged. Yes. And the, the reactions are so big. It's theatre. Yeah. To make that choice in your life. And anyway, so... And when you know, so, so he's been fired from Fox, basically, okay? Mm. And they've agreed to part ways is what they said in the statement. Mm. Um, and it comes a week a week or so after uh, Fox agreed to pay $787 million to Dominion Voting Systems to avert a defamation trial. That and is it, so much money. <laughs> yes, it's £631. I don't know what that is in euros, Peasant, yeah. unfortunately. It's a lot of money. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, to avert a defamation trial. If that defamation trial had gone to trial, um, the defamation has gone to trial, they would have, uh, Tucker Carlson would have been on the stand. They would have pulled up all his emails, mm. you know, a lot, and would show that basically he's been going, oh, I think it's outrageous that the M&M now wears trainers or whatever he's been saying, or I think, you know, they don't want Trump to win and the election is a fraud and blah, 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 blah. When I'm behind the scenes, because it's all a, sh- a shtick, he's like being like, you know, this guy, Trump is uh, dangerous and he's a this and he's that. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. So it's all nonsense. It's all nonsense. And it's all just to try and keep his contract and k- stay on screen. Yeah. And he's liability. And Fox have been like, 
that's it. We're cutting you, cutting you loose because you can't. They're just they were lying. Yeah, and they've been proven to you know to have been lying. Yeah, yeah. it says the voting systems company that that they were suing or that was suing had alleged that statements made on Carlson's show after the 2020 election were defamatory. This is from Sky News. The Denver-based firm added that messages between Carlson and his team were proof that they knew falsehood of the claims that their ballot counting machines were used to manipulate the election in favor of Joe Biden. In the messages which were revealed as part of the lawsuit, Carlson acknowledged that claims against about voter fraud in the 2020 election were baseless. Um, And Carlson also said he passionately hated former President Donald Trump in a message from the 4th of January 2021. So it's just like, it's proof. It is pantomime. It's it's nonsense. But the problem is that, that the people who we need to convince that it's nonsense are never going to be convinced and there'll just be another Tucker Carlson yeah. there. That's it. You're just, and you're like, you know, you're just a cog in the machine. You're just a cog in the machine and it's like grand opening, grand closing and... Okay, I, Kanye. Okay. Oh, is that a Kanye lyric or and a Jay-Z there? A grand opening, grand, maybe it is Kanye, but he, yeah, and he interviewed Kanye as well before. <laughs> but, um, but there was a, there, a podcast came out like recently in the last couple of weeks where he has, maybe he kind of could, I don't, actually, I don't know when the timeline was, but Trucker was kind of basically saying, there's a small group of elites that run the world and uh, the media don't want you to know. And he was kind of trying to, maybe he's trying to pivot himself early. Maybe he could smell the, there was, yeah. he was going to get the, the, the dropkick um, from Fox. But it's gross. I don't know how these commentators like Anne Coulter and like, are you making, I mean, they're making on $10 million a year, but yeah. like, is it worth it? It's just, you're telling lies. It's it's weird. It's a weird choice. It's different people have different priorities, I guess. Wouldn't mm-hmm. be me now. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be me. Of course, I am being paid by the elitist left um, to make this podcast and and have these opinions. But like, that's got nothing to do with that. That's no, she just, just wants to bring out a vi- vanilla slice range of eyeshadows and then she'll be on the pig's back and As she'll if, be making a million, way, at least a million euro. If I was uh, being paid by the elite left, I would own a fucking house. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Goodbye, yeah. my friends. Good. Thank you so much, Esther. Listen to Emer, S, Emer and Esther Sunday Rest with Esther and Emer. Did I say that? Emer and Esther Sunday Rest with Emer and Esther. Emer and Esther. Yes, Sorry. Yes, Emer first. Honestly, listen to that. It is such a wholesome good time. We review Carveries. That's it. Basically. What more could you want? Yeah. Now, time to say goodbye, but before I go, I have no recommendations. I'm so sorry. I literally haven't even finished the most recent succession because I haven't had a minute. Um, so I will hopefully have loads of recommendations for you when I come back in two weeks because I have a long list of TV and books on my phone, things that I want to read and watch. So hopefully when I come back, I'll have lots and lots and lots of great things to tell you about. In the meantime, I really hope you enjoy the chat I had with Holly Cairns. I so enjoyed it. The feedback from the night was great. So I think you really will. I hope you enjoy the Patreon episode if you're over there. Um, I'm looking forward to that as well. And I will speak to you in just two weeks. I hope you have a good one. As I always say, but it can't always be good. And if it's not, one foot in front of the other. I will talk to you in a fortnight. Thank you so much to ACAST and all my contributors in the meantime. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify, in-store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. 
From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.